and you're listening to episode six of The Divide. Today, we're going to talk about the big fat game list of 2016 and some of the hottest titles that you'll be able to play on your PS4, Xbox One and PC. So joining me today is Ben and Chris from the lovely UK, which is slightly warmer than here. So Ben, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I'm not good. I'm, I'm very, very annoyed because I've been trying to get an achievement on Star Wars Battlefront. And despite the fact that I have reached its criteria multiple times, it eludes me. And it's uh, irritating. I've probably spent five hours just trying to get this one achievement. And you've, and you've actually completed it, right? It just hasn't yeah, gone. Yeah, the, the yeah. achievement is get uh, the most kills in a game of Blast. And I have done that several times. And it's just like, nope, no achievement for you. You know that in like three months, it's just going to pop in randomly. You're going to achieve it about 50 times. It won't happen. And then you won't even be playing it. It'll just go, bing! Yeah, probably. Or even more likely, they'll just patch it and it'll just automatically happen. Or they'll patch it, but I won't get it. And then I won't be able to win because everyone else <laughs> will be better than me again. Because so, you won't have played it for three months and everyone else has yeah. played it for like 100 hours. So, so yeah, frustrating. Fun, fun, fun. But apart from that, I'm good. Cool. And how about you, Chris? How's it going with you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Um... Yeah, I, I have not had any time to play any game this week, so I have not achieved anything. Oh, I mean, I've, I've that sounds really sad. I've had a good week. <laughs> You've achieved week. nothing. Yeah, I've achieved. I've just achieved absolutely nothing. Like, if I haven't got any game points, I have achieved nothing in life this week. That's that pretty much how I feel. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, um... no, I've had a great week. Thanks. It's uh, it's great to be back here on the divide, ready to talk about some stuff. Um, that sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? This is—I don't know what's going on. It's not my usual uh, amazing radio personality today. I'll sort it out. I apologise, listeners. Get on that, Chris. Get on it. Yeah, I'll sort it out. <laughs> so was, we've uh, been—we've uh, been surviving minus sixteen degrees here in Stockholm, which is uh, officially insane. pretty cold now. Yeah. Uh, I remember last year it got to minus minus five, minus six, and everyone was just like, "Ah, that's what you get in Stockholm." And then when you came to work the other day and it's minus 16 everyone's like yeah it is now officially fucking cold it's it's a bit beyond it's a bit nippy yeah i think i think chilly is minus six (laughs) nippy is probably minus 10 and then brr is below that i'm gonna see i'm gonna ask siri how how cold it is here so we can compare (laughs) how cold is it it's actually minus eight at the moment outside um it's the first time ever, actually, I've put my hood up just to keep my ears warm. I don't find that particularly cold. <laughs> Gosh, she's nine, eh? She's such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so almost 20 degrees warmer there than here. But yes, so, so it's definitely cold. So let's kick off with uh, a little bit of a follow-up from last, the last show where we talked about Star Wars, everything Star Wars. And Ben, you mentioned that you've been playing a little bit of Star Wars Battlefront, maybe an hour or two. Yeah, I've only I've only had thirty hours of Battlefront time this week, so um, I've not played as much as I would have liked. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. It's um, I, I do, despite playing it for probably like thirty forty hours total now, I do keep pressing the X button to reload my gun after killing someone because I do that in Titanfall, uh, and you don't need to because it's a laser, so it doesn't doesn't require reloading. But every time I try and reload it. Uh, so it's just a habit, right? When you empty the, when you like, when you've shot someone, you want a full gun for the next guy. So. Yeah, and I've been I've been using the uh, Xbox Elite controller. Um, I finally got round to putting some paddles on the back again because I took them off because it was irritating me. So now I've got a melee paddle on the left and I've got a jump paddle on the right, so I don't have to move my 
thumbs at all when I'm playing, mm, which is pretty good. Uh, but the thing that improved most of all is um, I swapped the right thumbstick uh, for a slightly taller thumbstick, um, mm. and my aim is now so much better because with the shorter one I was overshooting each way, whereas mm. now I've got a bit more precision with it. So it's been totally worth having the uh, Elite Controller, at least it would be if I'd got that achievement. Which <laughs> I, um, I saw cool. your picture on Twitter of the of the taller thumbstick, and I thought that looked very cool, actually. Yeah, it's nice because it's just magnetic, so you literally just oh, apply a little bit of force to the top of the stick, and the whole thing comes off. And then it, uh, the thing comes with three sticks of each type, right. now, two of each type, and there are three types. So you get one that's sort of like almost like a helmet; it's like rounded. Uh, then you've got a normal sort of depressed one, mm-hmm. um, and then you've got a normal depressed one, but it's just taller, hmm. uh, and it's pretty good. Yeah, so I've been enjoying Battlefront, enjoying my controller. It's cool to hear that the uh, Elite controller makes a difference. So does it hold up after 30 hours? That was my big question. Yeah, I've I've hardly played any of the uh, single-player missions um, just because you don't get experience points in that, so you're not unlocking (laughs) new weapons or anything. So I've been sort of powering through the multiplayer uh, in order to sort of get up to like level 30 or so so that I've got all the weapons and cards that I want, and then I'll go and do all of the single-player missions. So, yeah, it's it's still holding up pretty good. I'm still enjoying it. I played uh, an hour before doing the recording today. So. <laughs> nice. That's yeah, good. So, uh, so Chris, are you, uh, are, you, are you still hating on The Force Awakens? Or No, I don't. I didn't. I never said I hated it. I said <laughs> I, I didn't think it was very good. You said you hated J.J. Abrams. I do hate J.J. I continue to hate J.J. Abrams. I hate people <laughs> that call themselves with their initials, personally. Yeah. What's his actual name? I bet it's Dave, isn't it? Dave Abrams. <laughs> Just his uh, pen name. No, you know what, though? Uh, I, I don't hate J.J. Abrams because I, I, I was and presumably still am like a, a massive fan of Lost. Uh, I just think, uh, and I like, you know, he's done a lot of good stuff and I really liked, um, I liked it so much I can't remember what it was. What was that movie he did where that were used the the free camera and it just was about the big monster trash in New York? Oh, um, oh, Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I really liked that. I just mm. think he should stick to doing original stuff and leave the big franchises alone because he's just he's obviously really he really likes to to stamp his mark on stuff and he does it by ruining it. Uh, I can't believe you said you you enjoyed Lost when the ending was so terrible. Like I I would agree with you that Lost was awesome up until the point that it finished and it was like what (laughs) what what just happened? Are you going to explain? They they made Lost so stupid there was absolutely no way to come back from there, wasn't it? Was there? So like (sighs) we're just going to have to give it a stupid ending. It needs to yeah. end. We, we, just need to we just need to finish this and finish it now. Yeah. Cool. So uh, there's also a little note in the show notes about the free code camp. Yeah. So um, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about getting into code mm. um, and specifically how we got into code. But um, we had a little bit of a chat at the end of that episode, if you haven't listened to it, about how uh, about what we would recommend for for a listener who was interested in getting into code and we and we had a little uh, little suggestion that that you should perhaps go and and try a little bit of code yourself if you don't already do it because it is a lot of fun and to be fair it can be quite lucrative as well and since then i've discovered a res- a really good resource actually called free code camp um i initially discovered it through github 
And he, uh, I was just browsing on GitHub and I found this thing and it said, right, just clone our <laughs> clone our repo and follow these seven simple steps to get started on free code camp. And I have to say that I absolutely trudged through these ridiculously <laughs> overcomplicated setup steps and I got to the last step and it still doesn't work. And that makes me sound. <laughs> um, and I kind of, and I left it uh, and think, cause I was thinking this sounds like a really good resource. Basically it's, um, it's an online resource teaching you how to code um, front end and back end. And there's something, they claim that there's 800 hours worth of stuff worth of material. And, when you've completed the 800 hours, they will, they pay you up with other campers, they're called. They pay you up with, an, with other campers and give you projects um, to build stuff for non-profit organisations. Oh, cool. uh, so you actually, you go forward and and then, you know, make useful stuff. And, and throughout the whole course, you're adding things to your GitHub as well. So you are, you know, you're, you're building up a, a good portfolio as well as learning. Um, but then this week, I discovered that... Um, if you just go to freecodecamp.com, you can just do everything on their website. You don't need to clone the repo or go through the MongoDB setup and all sorts of horrendous things. You can just do it straight on their website. Um, and I've been working through the stuff. Uh, I know like all of the initial stuff anyway because it's front end. It's what I do. But I've been absolutely slamming through it. I've done like the first 30 hours in in a short space of time because I didn't need to learn anything new. But I'm yeah, it's really, it's it's I am enjoying it. And I would definitely recommend it for somebody interested in in getting into coding, specifically if they're interested in learning JavaScript and the various libraries, because it really focuses in on that. So, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I, I looked a bit more into the more recent JavaScripting kind of libraries and platforms yeah. almost like Node.js that come out since that last show we did a couple yeah. of episodes ago. And it's, I think it's a lot more of a, I want to say useful language now, you know, like yes. at the time I was not very excited when you were like, JavaScript's an option. And I was like, ah. <laughs> but now actually, but I haven't really done web development for, you know, years, five yeah. years or so. So, um, and actually looking at what you can do with JavaScript now with Node and you can even make quite a lot of desktop applications basically using your JavaScript knowledge. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, so while I think it's quite a slightly, slightly weird language still, I think it's actually... It a, is weird. It is, much, it is full of idiosyncrasies. Mm. Um, and there's some stuff in JavaScript that I'm really not cool with, but actually I am the, my, my biggest problem actually with JavaScript I discovered, um, was that I, when I first got into front end, I learned jQuery first and I hate jQuery. Uh, <laughs> jQuery is the JJ Abrams of JavaScript libraries. <laughs> uh, everyone else loves it, but I really don't. Um, and it was re it was completely stopping me from, from actually learning real JavaScript. So now I've dumped jQuery and I, I try and do as much vanilla JavaScript as I can. And I'm actually, I'm really enjoying it um, a lot more than I ever thought I would. Hmm. But um, I don't know if you've checked it out or not yet, but I, I definitely consider checking out Node.js at some point too. That looks really Yeah, I just want to just beef up my, my JavaScript enough and then I'm going to hmm. definitely look at Node and probably Angular when I, probably I, I think I'll wait for Angular 2 to come out, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Because <laughs> they're going to so, replace um, Anyway. Let us move on to some... Yeah cool news that's uh, happened in the last couple of weeks so benjamin i think you have a interesting point or two uh yeah uh so oculus rift pre-order happened now i've not really been interested in the oculus rift um until i saw that it was going to be available 
on, I forget what day it was, Wednesday or Thursday <laughs> or something. And then I was like, oh, and there was a big countdown. And I was like, oh, I've got an hour. I'm going to go into town, get some stuff, and then I'm going to come back to be there for when it, you know, when the countdown's finished hmm. and see how much it costs when it's coming out. And then uh, the countdown duly finished and the website duly died. Um, <laughs> and then after a little bit of time, it started working again. I was like, ah, $600. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Okay, let me just put my card information in here. I guess. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, you're in the UK. That's £500. So I was like, hmm, hmm, Ouch. hmm. All right. And then I put my card information in, pressed go, and it was like, there was a problem. I was like, oh. <laughs> I tried that eight more times, didn't work, and I was like, ah, can't be bothered. See, I thought so, you were going to say at the beginning of that, that little segment, I thought you were going to go, I wasn't interested at all in the Oculus Rift until I saw it cost $600, and then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I literally, um, I, it, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. I was like, hmm, I would quite like one, because I've been thinking about getting a gaming PC for a while um, as well, um, and on their website they had like a list of compatible like pre-built uh, machines and there's one that I particularly liked the look of I can't remember what it was called now uh, but it looked good and I was like I could get that I could get the Oculus Rift that would be pretty cool play Elite Dangerous in virtual reality I just want to try virtual reality I just I want to see it and use it because I've, I've used like virtual reality headsets you know from the 80s and yeah like, I was going to say I did virtual reality in the 90s it was brilliant it was all polygons and uh, <laughs> I'm happy I'm happy to keep that experience I've played a few times with the Oculus Rift uh, DK2, the developer kit too, uh, and it was really good actually. I mean, it was not quite high enough resolution, and they've now resolved that in the commercial edition. Because uh, you know, when you go to like a theme park and you're sitting in one of the uh, the rides where they have like a big screen around you, um, if you've been to yeah Florida, I guess you've probably seen a few of these, and the, you know the big screens, but you can see the pixels, right? Um, there's like a, a thin line between big pixels that make up the image kind of thing. Uh, and you got that on the DK2, and it wasn't too bad because it felt like being in a theme park ride, but I think if they could bump the resolution just a little bit more, um, then it would be pretty perfect. And I think that's what they've done with the commercial edition. So I, I was right there trying to like, thinking about pre-ordering it until I saw the price tag, and I was, maybe I'll wait and see what Valve bring out because if it's that big an investment, I want to at least compare with the competition and mm. think, and see yeah. if there's going to be enough games to play with it because I don't want to sort of drop five hundred pounds, play Elite Dangerous for six hours, and then put it on the shelf <laughs> and never touch it again. So, and then find that the resale value is like ten percent of what you paid for it because nobody wants it or uh, everyone's got one. I worry if, that if version two will come out in, in a year's time. Then... Mm. I worry if I start playing um, Elite Dangerous in virtual reality that I will, you know, stop washing and eating <laughs> and I will just die plugged into my computer. Like, um, I forget what the book's called, but there is a book like that. Um, I'll try to remember what it's called. But anyway, yeah, Oculus Rift, pretty it's interesting. Probably, it's probably a bit harder to, to talk to your clients while playing a game with Oculus Rift on. I mean, at least without the headset, you can see the screen. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, uh, John is making reference of the fact that usually <laughs> when I'm on conference calls with clients, uh, quite often I get involved in large conference calls, which I detest because uh, <laughs> nothing gets sorted. Uh, typically what I do is I mute The JJ Abrams of meetings. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mute my uh, Skype and I'll just sit and play Elite Dangerous and then if they want me to chime in on something, I'll just unmute myself and be like, yeah, yeah, I really think that uh, that paradigm sounds great, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzword, 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 positive word. Back to the game. Business, 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 business. <laughs> Is this working? But yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, I think the, the pre-orders now have already gone back to... You know, like June, you, July. You, yeah, so they're already pushing back the months. But it's still there online. So if you're interested in 
virtual reality technology now is the time you can get the the full consumer grade quality kit so uh, that's pretty exciting check it out i saw so, a thing um, online this week saying that they 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 claim that they're not making any profit from the oculus rift as well which i find difficult to believe <laughs> i don't know it's quite you know the parts that they've got are all made to order whereas the original like development kits were like off the shelf stuff that they pieced together whereas now they've had to because they've increased the resolution they've got like custom timing chips and stuff so i believe that because they're not building at a big enough scale to you know they're not apple making the oculus rift they don't have that network of stuff so the price will come down over time as the price of the components comes down but i i don't doubt that it does cost that much for them to build or very close to that amount at least Cool. Well, I think there's uh, I think there's one more little thing we should discuss before we move on to the main feature of the show, uh, and that is the recurring rumor of the iPhone Seven Lightning port. Now, Ben, I believe you've got a little bit of a I do have a little rant on this because Apple famously just removes stuff that it decides people don't need anymore, like floppy disk drives, CD drives, uh, all that kind of stuff. They just just remove it. Doesn't matter. You don't need it. Um, and I do feel the same about the headphone jack because. I haven't used plugged-in headphones with my iOS devices in about two or three years. I have some Bluetooth headsets that I use, mainly because of the Apple Watch, because obviously that's the only way to use the Apple Watch is with Bluetooth headset. Um, and the... I mean, I don't care about the phone getting thinner, but the headphone jack goes in quite a long way. Like, if you think of how long the... Uh, plug goes into it it must be quite deep so there's quite a lot of space in there they could be using for something else like more battery and whatnot but the thing that's been irritating me is that people are like oh are they gonna have to use like you can't use your old headphones and oh they're gonna have to bundle in lightning headphones but then how can you charge your phone at the same time blah 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 and i started thinking to myself the other day if they bundled it with some bluetooth headphones that you could charge with the lightning cable then what you would have is corded headphones when you want them. So you just plug them into the phone, plug the other end into the headphones, and then you've got normal corded headphones. But that's also charging the headphones, so that if you then want to charge the phone, you can unplug it, and you've got Bluetooth headphones. No problem. I think um, I think the only thing that is a slight kick is I, I actually plug in my headphones you know, twice a day into my iPhone in there. I like my sort of beats that I've got. So I guess it's like the slight kick is that my current hardware will probably have to change. But I also don't think it's going to be rocket science to, to have an adapter that you can plug into the bottom of your Which iPhone. Which they will sell you for $29, I'm sure. Yeah, and to be fair, if yeah. you've got a really nice set of headphones that you spent £150 on, then spending a little bit of money on this little lightning to phono jack connector is going to be trivial, right? Yeah, especially if you um, paid for the iPhone 7. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not a big ask, really. And like you say, it'll almost definitely come with. It will definitely come with some sort of headphones which will plug into it, it's either plug-in or Bluetooth. I suspect it will probably still be plug-in. That's my gut feeling, but maybe not. Um, just because Bluetooth requires them to be bigger, um, like headphones. But you know, I, I, I mean, part of me is thinking I don't really need my phone any thinner because I've just started buying bigger iPhones now. Yeah. Um, so. But you I don't fit necessarily more stuff in there. True. It's not true. necessarily about the thinness. Like it could be the same thickness, but they've just saved, you know, a huge chunk of space in there to stick something better in. 
And I also, I wonder then if they would follow suit with the iPad straight away or not. Because, I mean, the iPad has less of a, a space issue, right? Yeah, I don't um, think they would on the iPad, at, not at first. Or, or the iMacs or MacBooks. Although, the, mm. to be fair, the Mac... Oh, no, no. I'm telling a lie. The MacBook does still have a um, uh, headphone jack. It has one USB-C and one headphone jack. Yeah. So mm, it's probably going to hang around a little while longer there. But on the phone, it's like, eh. They want you to buy yeah. an Apple Watch. You need Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> I find myself a little bit torn on this because my initial reaction is like, what what the F? Because actually, you know, jack the jack plug thing has been used. It's on everything that is audio. But I suppose once they were big jacks and now they're small, so uh, at some point everyone had to sh- trim them down. And actually, why why get in the way of uh, progression? Because everything used to be on SCART and now it's on HDMI, and actually that wasn't such a big thing either. Um, but I do use my... Like John, I use my I use the headphone jack on my iPhone a lot. I I still can't use Bluetooth on my phone because they still haven't fixed it on the iPhone 5 in iOS 9. So I have to use the headphone jack when I want to listen to anything from my phone. Ah, but the bitch um, is fixed on the iPhone 7, so you well, wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is, this is the, um, you know, this is the thing. The other thing is that um, we have a, an iPod dock, um, which we got as a, as a wedding present. And it was, you know, it's really nice. It was really nice at the time, and it still is. And it's, um, it's one of those ones that is p- completely round, and the i and the iPod or iPhone sits in the centre. Now, obviously, as soon as I upgraded to iPhone five, and my wife's got a five C, so um, suddenly we needed the adapter for that um, because it's got the old thirty pin connection, and that's fine because I've got an adapter. But it is just ever so slightly. Um, no, not it, it. It just fits in with the adapter because the adapter makes it that much taller, and obviously it's a, it's a closed circle. Um, so as soon as I upgrade my phone again, the next phone is bigger than the iPhone five, so that won't fit in there. So the only way for me to use my iPhone with my iPhone dock is to use a jack cable. So if they replace that as well, then I've just got to throw this piece of kit in the bin because it won't it won't work at all with my iPhone. Yeah, but that's a niche problem. Well, and a lot of people have iPod Yeah, dots. but no, they don't. Not anymore. Not well, People don't have 30-pin docks that are height-restrained so that they can't put a new phone in and it doesn't have a port. I, I think that's a, a pretty niche problem. I mean, it's irritating, don't get me wrong. I, I'd be it, irritated, is irritating. it is irritating. I, I don't think it's uh, How many, a reason to so stop if progress. I, so if I, have, uh, if I have an iPhone 7 or whatever, then I'm going to have to plug it in via... I'm going to have to plug it in via a, a jack cable that's going to have to plug into a, a lightning adapter. Yeah. yeah, I think it's stupid. <laughs> or just go and buy a new dock. Yeah, well. <laughs> buy a Bluetooth the fact, speaker. That, the fact that I've still got an iPhone 5 <laughs> suggests that it's not going to be an issue anytime in the future, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess like uh, it's all about striking the right balance. You want technology to progress forward, so you can't support legacy hardware forever. Um, yeah, I get that, and I and I do support that. I'm I'm all for new tech, but it's annoying when it, it's still annoying when it hits you. You know, like yeah, that's it. Even, you can even say it. You can sort of go, yeah, I can see this is going forward, but I've still got to shell out fifty quid because of this decision. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's frustrating, and it's, I guess um, yeah, I guess there's not that many users of docs. At the moment, I, would, I, I, I tried to buy one at Christmas. I didn't see many on the market, so I think the market for them has gone down quite a lot. Ah, you wanted one, no? Yeah. See, the there mar- is a, market there's still a demand. 
Yeah, but the market has switched to using Bluetooth. That's the difference mm. is that there are lots and lots and lots of Bluetooth speakers um, or AirPlay speakers rather than a dock because then you can walk around and it'll still, you know, take the phone. You don't have to put the phone in a dock. Yeah. And I guess the there's a lot of benefit from that because then you haven't got to target iOS or Android. I mean, if you're Sony or Philips and you just want to make something which everyone can buy, everything supports Bluetooth. You can have a little, you know, USB socket on the side of something so you can just plug in your phone. But ultimately... Bluetooth will work with anything, so I think that's probably a good move anyway. So yeah, it's uh, it is the JJ Abrams of problems in the <laughs> O. So uh, so I think it's now a good time to move on to the main topic of the show. We've actually got a list of over thirty epic games coming out in twenty sixteen, uh, which we're going to whistle through, and we're going to compare every single one to JJ Abrams in terms of quality. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to wh- whittle through this this little list so you can get a feel of what's coming out next year and then we'll then I think we'll just stop and chat about the ones that excite us the most so if that sounds okay we're we going to stop as we go through yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We'll, just, have to, uh... we'll have to go stop <laughs> well you know we'll just quickly through I am through. interested in this game there's quite a few of them that I think you guys probably haven't heard of so I suspect that'll just be me talking very briefly about them but most of the games on this list are ones that we are going to want to talk about to at least a tiny degree because um, they're going to bring back some memories but we we'll have to keep it short so uh, keep it short keep right. it short just say your piece and we'll move on so uh, 20 seconds go 20 seconds right I'm going to kick off with a game called Adrift move on uh, and this <laughs> Uh, and this game was, um, I, I only really noticed it because the Oculus Rift release, and it's a game where you're an astronaut stranded in space. Uh, and it's Sounds great. You can play it with or without the Rift, but obviously the, the gear is mostly like a gravity game, film gravity, I guess, where you get the VR headset on. But it looks pretty cool. So that's a Drift, and it's coming out on you know, all the main platforms next year. So. Now the next game is something which I think you'll have something to talk about, Chris, and that is a, a new Telltale game coming out about Batman. So in traditional Telltale style, it will be an episodic sort of story-driven game that will come out on probably everything, iPad, iOS. You know. Can I just interject and say what you actually mean is it will be a series of random button presses to change the story, which eventually makes no difference, and you watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it. I wouldn't call it a game. <laughs> I would call it uh, pressing an interactive a experience. I wouldn't even call it that because it's not really an experience. It's just... Interactive. Oh. It's kind of like it's basically quick time events that make no difference on anything. That's, right. that's what it is. But go on. <laughs> but I don't know. Is that something that you might interest you, Chris? I, you I don't know. You know, because I've I've actually never played a Telltale game because oh. they haven't interested me in any way. Um, the uh, the first one that I had any interest in was Minecraft Story Mode or Story mm-hmm. Edition. Can't remember. I think it's Story Mode. And um, so I was going to get that, and it got pretty slammed in reviews and they basically the review said it wasn't that good and so i didn't bother and i don't know if i i don't think it's difficult actually this is i'm a little bit torn on this because my initial reaction was why would you do that to batman but actually this is because i'm thinking of the arkham games Mm. which are wonderful um and immersive and make you feel what it must be like to be batman without the broken ribs um but at the same time batman obviously comes from a story driven medium i.e comics doesn't it so actually having a batman story mode might be quite good i don't know uh, i if if the reviews are any good i'll probably give it a try 
Cool. I guess. And I think it'll be nice. I'm not. I'm not like just jumping out of my seat with excitement for it. But you can pick it up on your iPad, I'd imagine, and you can just sort of play it while you're yeah. in bed, which is kind of nice about the Telltale games. They are yeah. more stories, like Ben says, than, than games. But... So, yeah, I mean, Telltale, to be honest, the, uh, going back to sort of stuff we've chatted about in previous episodes, I wonder if this sort of thing might be something that my son might enjoy more than me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he loves not Minecraft. too violent. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get him Minecraft story mode, and that's an excuse for me to try it, because I'm buying yeah. it from a child. That's a good excuse. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so next up, I have uh, Battle Ball on the list. I don't know if either of you have heard of this. Nope. No, I haven't uh, heard. It's uh, basically, have you heard of Blizzard's Overwatch, which is yes. also on the list? This is basically Gearbox's version of that. So they made Borderlands, and it's kind of a cross between a MOBA and a FPS. So the idea is you have you know, two teams of five. Uh, each character is picked from like a list of 20 or so wacky characters, and you... <laughs> kind of level them up very quickly in the in a game so a game might last 10 minutes and you start at level one and as you level up you get different powers and you know like some game modes are just kill the opposition but others are like escort your troops into their base but but it's uh it's really colorful and fun and it looks pretty epic so uh, i played the beta a little while ago and it's it was fun i don't know if i'll get that or overwatch i don't think there's really space for both but mm. um okay cool next up is crackdown three and ben actually oh, showed yeah. me uh very cool video for this on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, Crankdown, I, I think it is exclusive to the Xbox One. I think it yeah. has to be. Um, and the reason being that they're using uh, the Xbox One's cloud service, uh, whereby you can offload some of the processing so that it's not done on your Xbox, it's done in the cloud. Um, so, in Crackdown, you're going to blow up buildings basically. Um, and in the video that I shared with john and i'll put it in the show notes uh is basically them showing in debug mode oh look as you shoot at this building on the xbox it's doing some of the particle effects and working it out but then the cloud is doing all the mathematical operations and physics to make it actually start collapsing like it really would um, and it's, it's pretty cool it's pretty clever um, i'll be interested to see how well it works uh when there's you know hundreds of thousands of people playing it uh, <laughs> and the servers don't work uh, but I'm cautiously excited about it mainly for the tech involved I know nothing about the game I've never played a crackdown game so I don't know if it'd be any good and I, to be honest I don't really care I just want to blow stuff up and see it fall down realistically so the crackdown games are kind of open world uh, I guess a little bit Mad Max uh, just cause that sort of style you know you run around the open world doing your missions and and uh doing that sort of stuff and yeah like you say it, the destruction tech just looks epic like, is it similar to just cause in that respect i mean i think that's one of that's one of the closer games that it feels like it's more futuristic and you know but it's that kind of game the problem with just cause uh, which i love i've been playing just cause 3 recently um is that when you do start doing some really big destruction like if you chuck a couple of grenades and proximity mines in a petrol station uh, attached to a car uh, then it does sort of go uh, 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 and just like jerk a little bit as it goes mm. through um, mm. it's still pretty cool but it's not I mean they all blow up in pretty much the same way over the top whereas this is a lot more like here is a, a shit ton of real physics <laughs> to make it look correct and like stuff like you can if you shoot at a wall it'll like gradually shoot through it and they demoed one bit where they like literally shot a circle into a wall and then the middle part of the wall fell out as it yeah. would in real life and it's like stuff like that you don't get in computer games because it's just <laughs> too much effort and too much physics yeah. to make it all work uh, but they're, they're really using that 
Xbox One feature. So it'll be interesting to see if it works just because it was sort of one of the key points they made about the Xbox One when it launched. So and it's we'll really see. cool to um, see all the different servers handling the load. That's very, very cool video and very cool tech. So. <laughs> like 10 servers at one point power, <laughs> like all these buildings collapsing. It's, it's cool. So that's Crackdown 3, and that's going to destroy your Xbox One in sometime <laughs> this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I just bought Minecraft Story Mode. Ah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm apparently full of shit. <laughs> that's cool. So now you are a Telltale gamer. Live on air review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's all> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The introduction video, seven minutes later, was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And Next it, up it, on the list, I have Dark Souls 3. Has either of you played the Dark Souls games before? No. Nope. Oh, they are brutally hard games. And uh, I I get the impression from what I've seen online, this game is going to be very much the same. I mean, it's uh, it looks like it's going to have a slightly faster pace, which is nice, and a tiny bit of polish after uh, Bloodborne came out. But no, it's just another fantasy RPG where you're going to die a lot. Uh, <laughs> but that's, you know, one of its charms. It's a very hard game. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think, and I'm looking forward to it. And it's probably going to be a... A launch day purchase for myself. So, uh, next up, I think I think I've got a memory that Chris liked this game, uh, and this is going to be a remastering of Day of the Tentacle. Um, I'm actually insanely excited for this game. Um, <laughs> I was really, really upset when I originally read that it was going to be a PS4 only release, PS4 and PC only. Um, but I have a PS4 now, so hey. that, that that's now moot. Um, <laughs> I absolutely adored Day of the Tentacle. Hey, I bought Day of the Tentacle when it was on five floppy disks, and its 14 megabyte installation was oh. the was pretty much the only thing that would fit on our 16 megabyte hard drive <laughs> next to MS DOS. <laughs> so when I was playing this game. Like, we couldn't have any word processing software running. We couldn't have anything else going. I would have to delete it if we wanted to do anything else with the family PC. Um, Day of the Tentacle, of course, is is uh, a LucasArts point-and-click adventure. Um, for those of you who might be a little bit younger, haven't experienced LucasArts point-and-click, as they are superb. You might be aware of the Monkey Island series. There is... Um, the JJ Abrams remakes are better. <laughs> uh, whatever um grim fandango of course was recently um remastered uh and i think that's out on consoles and, and pc now uh and max as well so they're kind of bringing they're bringing these games slowly back to the fold um which is good because they are just wonderful stories and brilliant sort of zany logic puzzles um I, you know i i attribute a lot of my problem-solving ability, which obviously I used it uh, as a as a mathematician and I use um, as a developer now, uh, to the fact that I used to just endlessly play these LucasArts games, which just really, really built my problem-solving abilities, you know? So you know, you know a lot about how to use a rubber chicken to get the teeth from the vampire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, it's about stimulating certain parts of your brain, isn't mm. it? So uh, I, I, the, I'm, I'm so excited for this game. Do we know when it's actually coming out, or is it just 2016? All I have is 2016 so far, I'm afraid, okay. But, okay. which probably means later in the year. So. I am, um, like you with Dark Souls, I will probably be all over this on launch day. So uh, next up we have uh, RPG FPS Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Now the Deus Ex game that came out, I guess it was about four years ago now, uh, Human Revolution was pretty damn awesome. Oh, I massively disagree. Oh! 
Oh, but no, not not massively. No, <laughs> you say good things, and then I'll I will I will counter. I will say I will say I really liked the kind of stealth action hybrid they had going on. I mean, the the one thing that sucked about it was the boss fights. But let's skip over those. At least I will because they were shipped out to a different studio. Um, but I really loved the the feel of the game and moving around the world and kind of you know stealthing around. You felt like a proper badass, but you wanted to remain hidden. And I like the fact you could level up your character and all the abilities. I mean. I think it was a pretty good homage to the original, like a nice modernization of it, and I'm pretty excited for Mankind Divided. Maybe not a launch table purchase for me, but yeah. not long after. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely play it. It'll be a CEX job for me probably like a year later. Um, I loved the original Deus Ex so much. <laughs> um, it was it was just amazing. Deus Ex mm. 2 wasn't quite as good. Um, the thing about the Deus Ex series is that it was one of the early games that encouraged you to just play however you want. You had no yeah. linearity in the game. It was just, okay, so the level is a massive cube, basically, and you've just got to get from sort of uh, the top left corner of the cube down to the bottom right corner, and you can go however you want. You could get a rocket launcher and just blow everything up, or you could just stealth through all the vents, etc., etc. It was superb. Loved it. Um uh, um, Deus Ex Human Revolution I had on Xbox 360 and I was just completely up for more of the same and it looked mm-hmm. gorgeous looked absolutely gorgeous and it felt brilliant and uh, that was uh, it was like a prequel wasn't it yeah yeah um, so it was really good to be back in that in that world and it, you know doing all of the upgrading yourself with augmentations and things and the problem I had is that I went stealth 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 uh, really loved it then got to the first boss and like yeah. you can't you can't stealth beat him you have to use and i like i had absolutely no gun skill uh i and i just could not beat the first boss and i just stopped playing mm-hmm. i had no interest um i'm i just hope that they fix that with mankind divided I, I'm almost certain they've actually come out and said that that's that's something they'll never do again because they yeah. they actually outsourced they actually outsourced the boss fights, so the the main game studio didn't to do the idiot. boss fights. They gave them to a different company, and I guess they, they, they gave them to the somebody game. who'd never played a dance. Yeah, <laughs> the JJ Abrams of boss fights. <laughs> yeah, it was the JJ Abrams of boss fights. Here's one of the bits that's supposed to be most dramatic in our game. Here you go, JJ Abrams, do your thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> cool, but that's actually coming out in uh, in August, so that's not too far to wait. So that's Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, and. And unless we specify, nearly all these games are coming out on basically the big three, you know, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So, yeah. Um, so next we've up, we've only had one. Uh, what crackdown was it? Is Xbox One only, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, did you guys play Dishonored? That was yes. A, good. Uh, that sequel to that is coming out this year, and that is going to take good. place fifteen years after the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I liked it a little bit. I didn't finish it. I didn't Neither did I. Finishing power for me. I, I I liked it, but it was a bit samey. Mm. It was a bit like playing Half Life Two. It had that feel to it. It felt for me. It felt like playing um, Thief. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, and again, that's like the original Thief games, I absolutely adored. Um, but you know what? I played the first level. Absolutely loved it so much. And never played it again after the first <laughs> level. I don't know why. I've I had a very similar experience. I played uh, maybe like two or three levels, about, you know, two hours in. And I was yeah. like, this is a really cool game. And then something else came out. And I haven't played it since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I played it for about 12 hours, I think. Maybe eight. But 
Yeah. So, so I suspect that will be a... Of the three of us, the one with the least to say about it has played the most of it, <laughs> yeah. um, which, is, which is possibly telling. You know, maybe it isn't actually as good as we as we think. Uh, yeah, if we played it to the end, we might not like it as much. I, I could talk yeah. about it for ages, but there's, there's more exciting games coming up on the list. Mm. So the next one is a pretty big one. Like and Doom. Is, uh, yeah. Not like it's, Doom. Well, it's a pretty big one. I don't think we're going to talk much about it because it's been, you know, the, the rehash from a few years ago was a bit, a bit of a failure, I guess. Um, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Uh, but Doom is coming out this year, and I think it's going to go more back to the roots of Doom, a bit more run-and-gun yeah. fun, as opposed to kind pixels. of... Pixels. Probably not the pixels. As long as they use the same, the original sound effects, that'll be back to the roots for enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone tries their worst at doing the Doom oh, yeah. sound effect. Yeah. Uh, no, it looks, it looks cool. I mean, I, I don't want to commit to it yet because I'm, I'm dubious from how I got burned from the last one like Doom 3 Doom but, uh, 3 Doom 3 was too scary I couldn't play it Doom 3 <laughs> shit me right up I watched yeah, I tried to play it I watched, uh, I watched um, our friend Imran play it I forgot but I'm talking to two people who if I said a horror game you'd be like no it's going to shit me up I can't play it <laughs> no I'm better than I used to be I've, I've got over it I'm worse I've, since I moved to console it's easier <laughs> on a PC I can't do it it's too immersive but on a, on a, on, when I'm playing on console, I've got a coffee table between me and the monsters. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. you, uh, you, you gave up on Destiny, right, Ben? Because the, the first bit when you walk through yeah. tunnels and they all jump out at you. Yeah. And I was like, no, nope, not for me. <laughs> 65 pounds, I won't get back. <laughs> <laughs> at least you got it digitally, so you can't resell it. Uh. <laughs> so another, another game that's coming out for... This is literally only going to be for VR... Uh, and it's going to come out free with the Oculus Rift, and that's Eve Valkyrie. And I actually uh, played this at GDC a year and a half ago, probably almost two years ago, uh, in America. So this is on the Oculus Rift Dev Kit Two, and it's a space space dogfighter, I guess. Uh, I think it's going to be multiplayer only. Is it but related to Eve Online? Presumably. Yes, it's set in the same universe. Um, I don't think it has any in-game relation. You know, I think. Yes, the story and, and stuff is going to be in the same universe, but I don't think it's like if a dogfight happens in this game, then someone dies in the main game. Because um, they did that with kind of a planet-based game they brought out on the PS3, um, where I think the people playing EVE Online could hire mercenaries, and then you would play those in a ground-based FPS shooter, which would have an impact on the main game. I don't think this is going to be that convoluted, but... Um, it's kind of like a, a tech demo for the Oculus Rift, I guess, but it's really cool because you're kind of kicking back, sitting in your cockpit, and if you move your head around, you can see the cockpit around you. Um, and obviously then you can look out into space and you start looking out for all the guys who are going to start shooting you. But um, I think, personally, I think that VR works at its best when you're playing a person in some sort of vehicle because then you're your kind of movements from your hand are detached naturally from your head. Whereas if you're playing like a shooter, like Alien, uh, when you move around with a controller, you push kind of left on the right stick and obviously your head has to turn, mm. um, which means then kind of you have to compensate sometimes with your real head. Uh, but when you're playing a game like this, when you're in a spaceship, it feels natural. Like when you're driving a car, you turn left and things turn left, but not because your body's turning. Um, 
so you can kind of turn the steering wheel left while you start looking to the right and you can keep seeing the same thing. Uh, I don't know, it just feels more natural when you're playing a game in a vehicle, and this is a, a really good example of that. I guess it's not worth saying too much about it because it's gonna, you're either going to get it free with an Oculus Rift or you're not going to play it. So, um, But it's, it's going to be a really cool tech demo, so I'm kind of envious of whoever's getting an Oculus Rift because it's going to be good. So I think the next one is one that Ben's quite excited for, at least... You're the person who uh, kind of raises came up for me. Yeah, it was Far Cry Primal. I'm I'm dubious about it because it might shit me up. Because <laughs> <laughs> Far Cry Four did. Like I really liked Far Cry Four until it got into like the weird um, Shangri La stuff, and like you'd have like these demon things that would just pop up in front of you, and I'd be like, Ah, ah, Jesus, get back! <laughs> and then at least I had a gun that I could shoot them with. Whereas in this, I'm going to have like a spear or something, and if a tiger jumps out at me, I I will literally just defecate everywhere uh, are you actually going to have no guns they're not going to do one of these stupid things where actually like you get kidnapped by aliens and you get given a gun by something or no i believe that you are actually in uh just a caveman yeah Yeah. Uh, sounds rubbish well you can make (laughs) weapons so you'll make things like bow and arrow and stuff brilliant Um, sounds rubbish (laughs) and you can you use uh animals like you're like a beast master or something so you can like train like tigers to do your bidding and stuff i think it's more about that kind of stuff so it's more of like a stealthy game than a fighty game i think mm-hmm. i don't think it really comes i reckon there was loads shooter. of stealth cavemen <laughs> well aren't you just a debbie downer today <laughs> no i know what actually i oh you're breaking up that's good good <laughs> moving on uh, uh, <laughs> one, one more one more quick thing to say about far cry i think it's going to be awesome but they've dropped the co-op support which is a shame so Far Cry 3 had co-op support and they're, they're dropping that for Primal, which is a bit of a shame because I think yeah. it would have been cool to run around that with uh, with my, one of my fools, but as it is... Well, to be fair, you still haven't yeah. bought Far Cry 4 so that I could get those co-op achievements. So I, I've actually got it on PC. I got it on the Steam sale at Christmas, so um, it was like a, a tenner, I think. So I, finger up to you, Ben. I picked it up for a tenner. Oh. Uh, um, uh, FPS games are just, especially single-player ones, much better on PC in my mind. But So... Uh, Next up on the list, we have a game that I think you're also going to be excited about, Ben, more so than Far Cry Primal, and that is Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, I misjudged that one. <laughs> you did, and I, I am very excited about it. It's probably the one I'm most looking forward to, but Final Fantasy XIII sits ever in my mind as excitement gone wrong where i went for the full most expensive copy of the game i got like the leather bound guide to go with it and then it was just an absolute turd of a game <laughs> um, so i'm 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 well, cautiously, opt- cautiously optimistic um i did buy uh type zero hd uh last week so that i could get the episode Duske like demo thing mm. um, and i've played that for an hour and it's it's pretty cool um like I get a nice nostalgia hit when it loads up and it's got like all the menus look how you expect them to and you finish a battle and you get like a little da 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 like yeah this is great uh so we'll see but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic I think it'll be good it's been a long time in the making um and uh, I, I hope they've yeah. learned you know you don't need a corridor and <laughs> high definition video of 20 minutes length at each end of the corridor with nothing in it I've only ever played one Final Fantasy game, and I just got to a point where I thought, it's about time I finally see what everyone loves so much about Final Fantasy. Do you know which game I got? Nine? 
It was 13. Oh. And it was awful. just the worst. I was so disappointed. The voice so acting I, is so irritating. That's the bit that kills it as well. It's just like, oh, shut up. I am, oh, um, my God, the, my mum's died. Oh, shut up. The only thing, the only thing that, that is a redeeming feature is, is to hear other Final Fantasy fans also hate it. So um I'm kind of I'm kind of keen to try out the Final Fantasy X yeah. Master. Yeah. Uh because apparently that's a good one. Hmm. I don't know. I like I, I've literally never played any other Final Fantasy other than thirteen, so it was just a ruinous experience. I nearly <laughs> bought a PlayStation three just to play the remake of Final <laughs> Fantasy X, but I couldn't push myself to do it. Um but Final Fantasy X was amazing. What do you, so Final Fantasy thirteen can we officially describe that as the J.J. Abrams of Final Fantasy games? You can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Apparently it opens up after like 15 hours of gameplay. Yeah, 15 hours. <laughs> it comes into its own after you've, you know, wasted two whole work days on it. <laughs> to be fair, 15 hours of gameplay is actually about 45 hours of real life due to the 30 hours of video. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, I, I won't go on about it for too long, but there was literally one part where there was a big... FMV sequence for like 10 minutes and then you're in a corridor and you go up some steps which then triggers another FMV and yeah. it's like could you yeah. not have just made one long FMV which shows you going up the steps <laughs> yeah. yeah cut out the bit in the middle oh, just the worst irritating but still let's hope that Final Fantasy 15 redeems itself and uh, that's coming out this year and pretty cool so Gears of War uh, finally we're going to see Gears of War 4 coming out on Xbox One exclusively now the uh Gears of War Ultimate Edition came out uh the end of last year, which has kind of showed Gears of War 1 repolished and shiny on the Xbox One. And I guess Gears of War 4 is going to give us kind of more of the same co-op-based shooting action where you can take your team through uh, lots of... I don't want to say alien, but that's kind of the gribbly-covered streets of bad guys. So... Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I don't know if you guys are, but I won't be able to play it. Um, oh, wow. I've only I've only actually played I played Gears of War three a bit, um, and I kind of enjoyed it, but I didn't get massively into it. But I don't, I don't think I played it enough to get into it. I've not played any of them, and I have no intention of playing any of them because things will jump out at you from the dark. Uh, it's not that. It's just I'm just not interested. Ah. It's just not my thing. Marines irritate me. <laughs> But you get to hack them up with a rifle with a chainsaw on the bottom. Yeah, it's that's not, satisfying. It's, it's not for me. <laughs> not for me. I, I want to play a game that's just basically spreadsheets. That's Final Fantasy. <laughs> cool. Well, that's uh, that's Gears of War four, and uh, I'm excited for it. At least I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, Gravity it's... Rush two is uh, the next game I have, and the first Gravity Rush came out on the. I think it came out on the PS Vita first. <clears throat> Uh, and this might be a game that neither of you have heard about because it's a little bit more niche. Um, but it went from PS Vita and then onto the PS4. But it's kind of a Japanese-inspired... Uh, how best to describe it? Uh, Action-adventure game, I guess. But I guess... I guess it's just worth a mention because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I have uh, neither the PS Vita nor the PS4, so <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> No, I, I put this on the list because I wanted to mention it, but I didn't think either of you had probably heard of it. So, uh, nope. so I thought we'd just whistle past that one. But I think it's worth a mention because it could be really good. Uh, next up is another one that harkens back to our gaming days of when we were growing up. 
And this is the new Hitman game that's coming out this year. It's coming Never out played a Hitman fun. game. Me Never either. Play- oh! <laughs> oh, I tell a lie. I've played Hitman Go on the iPhone. <laughs> what is wrong with you two? So, um... Hey, Ben's played Hitman Go. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, the, so the original Hitman games came out years and years and years ago. And obviously, they're basically a sequence of games where your, your task is to... Uh, Hit a man? <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to try and not use the word murder, but essentially murder a, a specific individual within a level. Assassinate. Um, yeah, assassinate sounds more professional. I like it. Take care of. Um, <laughs> take care of a person who's hiding somewhere in a level, and, uh, and these levels are strung together. Sounds with... exactly like Hitman Go. <laughs> but with this game, you get to actually use a gun. Um, no. Um, but the original games came out, you know, like 20, 30, 20 years ago, I guess. Um and they're very open. The idea was kind of in the Deus Ex line of thinking in the sense of, like, your job is to kill this person, however you like. Um, and you might do it by poisoning the stew, which might require you first to find the mushrooms that are hidden behind the dumpster. Uh, and you have to do all this without being spotted by his guards. But obviously the civilians don't care if they see you. You're just another guy. Um, so it's kind of cool. And then if you did take it down a guard, you'd have to kind of move his body down into a sewer, hide it so no one could see it. Um, but it was, it was a very thinky game, which I thought was pretty cool. And then the, the re-release, I guess, came out a couple of years ago. And it was good, but got some criticism for not being as open as the originals. But apparently this year's edition is going to be much more open. So, uh, yeah, that's the new Hitman game. It's coming out in March, so not long to wait before we can play that one. So. Hopefully Hitman Go 2 will come out soon as well. <laughs> that's great. The Go games are actually pretty fun. Yeah, they are um, good. The Lara Croft one's good too. But, uh, yeah, I've, I think I prefer the Lara Croft one. It's really fun. Yeah. But, um, it's a nice, uh, nice design to it. But anyway. Now, have you guys heard of this game, Horizon Zero Dawn? Nope. PlayStation no. 4 exclusive, so no. Oh, of course uh-huh. it is, yeah. This is, um, this is a game which is going to be open world and it's basically going to have mechanical dinosaurs running around. Uh, I saw the video for it a long time ago, um, so my memory of it's a bit faded. But you're basically going to walk around with your bow and arrow, being a hero in an open world, kind of RPG open world, you know, the same kind of Just Cause type thing, I think. Um, but the world itself looks really awesome. I mean, it's... That does sound pretty cool, but PlayStation 4, so eh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame because I think it's going to be a really fun game. Um, I suspect there's going to be a lot of a lot of hours, but I guess it's made by. I think it's going to be made by Guerrilla Games, who are primarily make PlayStation games. So, yes. Um, but it's definitely one to look out for because it's not only does it look gorgeous, but it looks like a really interesting, fresh new IP, which hopefully will, you know, be good enough to spawn a bunch of sequels. So, yeah. Ah, oh, we couldn't we couldn't go through a list of games without having a Lego game on the list, could we, Ben? No, I think this is the only one that they're doing this year. Because to be honest, the quality of Lego games has decreased. Um, they they added far too much and got a bit too complex. Like the Hobbit one, I couldn't even play, um, just because. Well, a the Hobbit's shit, but also uh, <laughs> when you're playing as nine characters who all look the same, and their <laughs> abilities are different just based on what items they have. It's like, oh god, I cannot be bothered with this. But uh, coming out this year is Lego Marvel's Avengers. Um, now I'm going to get in trouble here, but I've never seen the Avengers, so <laughs> but I, I know most of them. Uh, but I did play Lego Marvel 
superheroes a while ago, and that was pretty <laughs> epic. Um, and this looks to be, you know, just more of the same. So not much to talk about really, um, but just more of the same Lego stuff. I'm hoping they are some all more. the same, though, aren't they? I mean, the, the, yeah, the, every single Lego game is. I I never really got on with them, but oh, I, love um, them. I absolutely love them. The Harry Potter ones were great, um, mm. as was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings, um, mm. but. They're good. Uh, Lego Dimensions is, again, much of the same stuff, and that's sort of where they're focusing most of the time now because there's more money in it because they actually sell toys with it. Um, mm. And I really like Lego Dimensions. I hope they've got some cool stuff coming out for that this year as well. Uh, but, yeah, they're good games. You know what you're getting with the Lego game. Lego. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe we're we're just about halfway through the list and now we're going to bring out the first Wii U game the first of two <laughs> first two Wii U games out of a list of over 30 but um, but it's a big game and it's the sort of game that I could almost be tempted to buy a Wii U just to play I did um, buy a Wii U just to play this I thought it was coming out sooner um, and on Black Friday in 2014 um, I managed to pick one up for like £110 um, and so I bought it and I was like yep can't wait to play Zelda later this year Still waiting. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it does look uh, it does look good. I mean, the Wii U is actually uh, it's great if you play Nintendo games on it. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Mario Kart Eight is really, really good, really nicely well made. Um, Smash Brothers is all right, um, but anything else, like anything that's non Nintendo, is just like no point at all by playing it on the Wii U. But Zelda is one area where they will get it right. I'm yeah fairly confident. Um, there's also the Twilight Princess HD remake coming out as well. Oh, cool. um, I really liked Twilight Princess. It was a lot more like Ocarina of Time than like Wind Waker was, for example, much as I love Wind Waker as well. Um, again, it's like a nostalgia thing with Zelda games. Uh, mm. And I think this is going to you know, hit the sweet spot, hopefully, where it's a bit more open-worldy. It's, it's basically like a kid-friendly witcher <laughs> is my <laughs> take on it. So, uh, yeah, I would totally buy a Wii U to play Zelda. It's kind of interesting with the Wii U, isn't it? You basically, uh, every Nintendo console comes out and you're like, ah, no real games that I want. And then a Mario game comes out, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers and Zelda. And you think, that's enough? Yep. Give me uh, give me Super Mario Galaxy 3 and I'll be happy. <laughs> cool. So next up we've got, um, this is an awesome, awesome game series. Uh, at least I think so. I'll... I'll I, I fear that now I've said that, Chris is going to go, I don't really like it. But um, Well, Mass Effect 3 is the J.J. Abrams of Mass Effect. <laughs> you know, that's the only one that I haven't, um, yeah, haven't I've plowed all either. the way through yet. I've, I've played the first 10 hours or so, but, um, but the Mass Effect series is a, is a really awesome and interesting world. And yes, Mass Effect 3 had its issues, but this year we're going to see Mass Effect Andromeda right at the end of this year. It's going to be like a Christmas-December release. Um, you know what? With Mass Effect, um, I picked up um, because I, I love Bioware games, of course. Yeah. Um, I picked up Mass Effect on PC quite some time after it came out, and discovered that it wouldn't run on my PC, so I couldn't play it. Um, and then when I got my Xbox 360, I picked it up on there, but be- because I just just started playing the on consoles, I couldn't aim the gun properly with the thumb pads, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't really enjoy it. So I actually traded it back in. Mm. Um, and I played Dragon Age Origins to death on Xbox. <laughs> Love Dragon. You know, I played it so much that I named my child after a character from it. And I just got to a point where I was starting it up for like the fourth or fifth time. And I thought, 
I should really just play a different RPG. And I thought, I'll give Mass Effect another go, because by this point, I'd been playing with the Xbox for a couple of years. And uh, so I picked up Mass Effect 1 and just burned through it and then went straight <laughs> out and bought Mass Effect 2 and burned through that. And I went straight out and bought Mass Effect 3 <laughs> and I burned through that. When I say burned, I mean, in total, across the three games, I put, I think, 90 hours in. Nice. Um, so... You know, I, I say I burned through it, but I, I did just went straight one, two, three, loved it. Um, Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect, of course, does feature the J.J. Abrams of elevators. In the <laughs> <city>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love Mass Effect. I'm so excited for Mass Effect Andromeda, but mainly because Bioware could put out um, probably a turd in an envelope and I would buy <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting that they're going to take it away. I mean, not, not not much is known about it, I don't think. But uh, it's quite interesting that they're just taking it away from the first three. It's like I think they have to, don't they? They've kind so, of yeah. finished that. Set in a completely different galaxy, yeah. like presumably hundreds, if not thousands, of years later. It's like there you go. Let's start something new, but in the same the same universe because it is a really interesting the nice universe. Thing about Mass Effect is that it is essentially just Knights of the Old Republic with its own theme rather than Star Shepherd, Wars. Yeah. I mean, it's identical. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I played true. one and finished it. I got about three quarters of the way through two, and I own three. But I've, never played <laughs> that. I've just not got round to it. I really like three. Um, I don't have any problems with three. Um, this is one of those times where actually a lot of people think something isn't that good, and I, I thought it was perfectly fine. I I'm, quite liked I'm it. I'm just waiting for it to appear on the Xbox One backwards compatibility because I think Mass Effect 1 and 2 are... But three isn't yet. I could be wrong. But I'm really, sure. that's interesting. <clears throat> I just think they haven't got around to it yet. If um, you still own a um, a last-gen console, then you can pick up Mass Effect Trilogy for probably a very small amount of money now. Mm. And uh, if you haven't played it, I would recommend to anyone to just go out and get it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is an awesome series, isn't it? And like, like you say, if you like Dragon Age especially, you're going to love it. So, Yeah. Oh, God, I love Dragon Age so much. <laughs> I'll give you a minute, Chris. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so uh, next up on the list, I've got uh, it's uh, going to be a brief mention to a game that was kickstarted. I think it was last year. could even have been before that, I guess. Um, but this is Mighty Number no. 9. You know, I didn't play the first eight, so I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a spiritual successor to the Mega Man series. Um but it was kickstarted, and it's it's not made by the same guys. But I guess I don't know. I guess it's not officially Mega Man, but it might as well be. Right. Um, it looks like Mega Man. Yeah, I, I guess like legally, it's probably not. It's just it's, someone who's pretty much to look like him. But War for the Overworld being Dungeon Keeper three all over yeah. again. It's the yeah, same, same thing. precisely. Um, but it's coming out on pretty much everything. So, uh, but you know, it's just going to be one of those those little games. I think that pro- presumably, I don't know, will be fifteen yeah, right, or twenty yeah, he bucks. Does look like Mega Man, doesn't he? Mm. But I guess it's going to be like 15, 20 bucks and you'll just be able to blast through it. But it does look like a. I'm pretty excited. I mean, if we're really, really lucky, it might end up on PS Plus or something at some point. So mm. play it for free. But um, yeah, just looks like fun. Not much more to say, really. So uh, now DICE have been working on quite a lot of games recently with uh, Star Wars Battlefront and presumably another Battlefield game because there's always another Battlefield game coming. Um, but they've also been working on another Mirror's Edge game, which I think is due out in May this year. So uh, Mirror's Edge is like a first-person game where you played as a girl called Faith and you'd run around a city. And it's kind of one of the first games, I guess, where you did parkour around the city, but in first-person. Um, 
It was a lot of fun. It was quite a while ago now, wasn't it? It must have been. It's very old now, yeah. Very, Maybe like 10 old. years ago, I guess. It was like around the release of the Xbox 360. So mm. it must have been that long ago. Yeah. But this one is, uh, I mean, I guess it's going to be kind of much more of the same in terms of gameplay, uh, bringing all the, the shine that comes from Frostbite engine nowadays, the one that's powering Battlefront. Um, but I, it, from what I've seen, I haven't seen a huge amount about it yet, but it looks like it's uh, going to be pretty fun, a very open world, well, I guess not really open world experience, but kind of arena openness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's linear, but there are multiple paths. Yeah, that's a good description. But uh, yeah, just I'm looking forward to it. So I put it on the list. Not much more to say. Uh, have you guys heard of No Man's Sky? No. No. Man? <laughs> it's, another, it's another, I think it's a PS4 exclusive, so I guess that, that unfortunately ruled you out, Ben. Well, it's PC as well. So. Ah, cool. That's good, because I, I, think... I, I think it's going to be a PlayStation VR game, so I guess that means it'll also be an Oculus Rift game. But I already have Elite Dangerous, so I, it's unlikely that I would buy this as well. Yeah, I think that is the the only downside of it. I mean, I think the the upside... It's a, so, I mean, in essence, it's going to be kind of an Elite Dangerous-like game with uh, less realistic graphics, but a lot more going on on the planets. So you'll be able to land on planets, see the wildlife there, see the trees, interact with the, the kind of the flora and fauna of each planet. But the idea, if you haven't heard of it before, is, is that there's a massive universe of planets. Uh, they are, I'm pretty sure they're kind of persistent, so you can, in the same way that Elite is, but it's procedurally generated, so it's huge. You know, there's presumably going to be like... I think there's enough planets that everyone could visit one, basically. Every player could visit one, and no one else has to visit it ever again. Um, my problem with this is similar to my problem with Elite Dangerous, I guess. I think it'll be a really cool experience, but I don't know how much game there is. Um, when no, it comes, I mean, these sort of things are all about just exploration and enjoying the, you know... The scenery go by. It's more of a meditation app than a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are some game elements to it, but like Elite Dangerous, you spend you know most of the time just hyperdrive going between two places, and it's kind of cool. And you just sit there and like, oh, this is really pretty. I'm enjoying this, and you're just alone with your thoughts for a little while, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, but it's not you know if you've got a limited amount of gaming time, it's probably not for you. Mm. Like there yeah, are there are other good. games that will give you more in the amount of time, whereas this is a more sort of relaxation one, which is why I play it when I'm um, on conference calls. Yeah, I think it's actually, like you said, it's a good, because it is kind of meditative, so it's a good time to play it. Yeah. It doesn't take much of your mental effort, and it lets you just sort of sit there and be clear-minded. So. Yeah. But yeah, if you like Elite Dangerous, then this is obviously a game for you. But if you're looking for something a bit more action-packed, then maybe not. But which moves us on nicely to uh, the action-packed Overwatch, which is Blizzard's MOBA FPS game. Kind of strange that both uh, Blizzard and Gearbox are releasing them probably around the same month, because um, mm. uh, they would have both had to start development on them you know, three years ago. So. Um, but I guess they both saw the, the MOBA market getting bigger and bigger, and they were like, ah, let's mix it with an FPS. Well, wasn't um, Overwatch originally going to be a new MMORPG, and... They just couldn't make it work, so they redid it as a thingy. Ah, 
I did not know that. Yeah, it was originally, it was under a code name of something, I want to say, it was it was something, you know, something sort of Greek mythology style, but it was, it, it had a code name for ages and everyone knew that they were basically working on a new MMORPG because um, obviously World of Warcraft is now getting old um, and they are it, they are shedding subscribers. Mm. Um, but yeah, they just, they couldn't make it work. So they... They switched it over to a MOBA and reimagined it. Oh, cool. I've never played a MOBA. Never want to. No, I've never played a MOBA either. It's not really a MOBA. I mean, like, um, it, it's it's more FPS with elements of MOBA. I guess, you know, that other way around. I mean, mm. it's a lot like a a competitive ST. I mean, not, not super competitive, but, you know, like a, a multiplayer FPS game. Mm. Um, but with elements of MOBA. So instead of just killing our enemies... Yeah, yeah, Team Fortress, I guess, is is the one of the first of its kind. So, but no, it's really colourful. I mean, I've, I've played the beta of this too, and it was um, it's really colourful, a lot of fun. Basically, Battleborn. Uh, I mean, the two games are. You know, I, I confuse the names quite a lot um, because they are essentially the same game. But uh, but I think there is space in my library for one of the two. I just have not decided which yet. So uh, this game has been a long time coming, and I was a bit dubious about putting it on the list for 2016, given <laughs> how many years ago it was meant to come out. And this is Quantum Break. <laughs> yeah, um, Xbox One exclusive announced at the time of the Xbox One announcement <laughs> because of the way that it's supposed to merge different entertainment genres of being a video game and a TV show in one, which sounds absolutely shit on paper and as i say it uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very hopeful that they're moving just away from that. sounds the worst it does i don't want to watch if i wanted to watch tv i'd watch tv i, I sound old oh, in my day we played video games on consoles and we watched tv on tvs but um so yeah, with the console you play video games on tv don't well, you well shut up <laughs> <laughs> but in any case it's um it, the idea like aside of all the tv show crap which i don't care about at all the actual game itself looks pretty good because it's all about like time manipulation. So you mm-hmm. can like freeze time, kind of like one of the paths in Dishonored was. So it could be good. It could be terrible. Yeah, interestingly, I, th- I think like development started out as another Alan Wake game, and then um, and then they had more and more ideas, and the kind of the core of the Alan Wake got left behind, so they turned it into Quantum Break. Um, so I don't know how how much related it's going to be to anything Alan Wakey, but kind of an interesting backstory but yeah i think the all the stuff with time it just looks fun it looks a little bit like back in the matrix days you know it looks good mm. but i've been burned by watchdogs so i'm reserving <laughs> judgment until i've actually seen the game see yeah. you say that now and then the day it comes out you'll be like well it's only 50 quid to download it right now <laughs> yep that's what'll happen <laughs> You always start the year saying, "This year I'm going to go in with lots of reservation," and then the and then you see the video, and then the the game pops up on the store, and you think, "Well, I could play it in half an hour if I just drop the money." I could hate it uh, in an hour or, or twelve hours <laughs> on my internet connection. <laughs> That's optimistic, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Swedes. <laughs> He's still downloading Knights of the Old Republic. It should be finished next year. Yeah, Minecraft Story Mode only just finished downloading. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm surprised the, you, you could keep talking in the podcast at the same time. I know. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's, yeah, go on, that's Quantum Break, and that's Xbox One exclusive. But it looks, it looks cool. Uh, next on the list is, a, again, just a, a little mention, really, and that is uh, Ratchet and & Clank. And they are reimagining the first game of the series, which was... 
I, I don't know actually if I can remember which is which anymore because I've played a whole bunch of Ratchet and Clank games. Uh, but I loved quite a few of them just for their kind of fun platform shenanigans. Uh, they felt like a nice explorable world with a lot of just fun mechanics to play. I guess it's a bit like the one of the Mario equivalents to the PS4, but it'll be interesting to see how the... I think if I remember the old games, I think they look pretty. I imagine if I played them, I would be bitterly disappointed. So this will hopefully be what I remember the, the first one being goggles. like. Yeah, precisely. The first game, Through My Nostalgia Goggles. That is what I want. So. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Never heard of the Ratchet heard of it, Clank series. I suppose, I suppose you're you're fairly new to the the Sony gaming console, right? I am so. fairly. I'm relatively new to console gaming. Anyway, uh, the 360 was really my first console, so I I always avoided PlayStation because I hate the controllers. <coughs> Certainly on the PS2, I did. <clears throat> How are you finding the PS4 controller? Um, yeah, I keep. Um, I get confused because the X button is in a different place to the X button on the Xbox. <laughs> yeah, so you see press X yeah. and you just and, match uh, the one and, on the left. And my thumb keeps going to the D-pad because that's where the thumb pad is on um, on Xbox. But uh, uh, in but overall, I'm enjoying my PlayStation experience. Cool. I think you'll get used to it uh, over time. Mm. It just takes a bit of... I am, I am playing The Last of Us, which is just a glorious game. <laughs> I still haven't played that. I need to. I've got it on my yeah. my download queue. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but Ratchet and Clank is just a just a really fun platformer, and uh, maybe it's even something that Alistair might enjoy in a, in a year or two. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. Um, now, uh, there's only one person that I can think of who would have put this this game on the list. <laughs> uh, Benjamin, you are a long time fan of the Rollercoaster Tycoon franchise. Well, you say that I'm a long time fan of Rollercoaster Tycoon one and two. <laughs> <clears throat> I never really liked three that much, even though I, I, I've got it on iPad now. It's pretty because good because it was but, made uh, by JJ Abrams. JJ <laughs> <laughs> Abrams of the Rollercoaster Tycoon series. Uh, um, yeah, so Rollercoaster Tycoon World. I don't know if it's the same people. I can't remember. I, I literally just saw a video of it for about three minutes, um, and it was very SimCity Five ish in that they're like, "Look, look how cool it is that you can have curved cues," and it's like, "Yep, okay, that's that's innovation for you." Uh, it, it just looks like more of the same. It's basically if you took Rollercoaster Tycoon 3 and you made it look how Best. you imagine it looked, but all nice and shiny. Um, you still build roller coasters. You still fleece people for money for candy <laughs> floss and stuff. It's just more of the same, but, you know, in a modern game engine. So hopefully it'll be awesome. But, uh, again, it's one of those ones where... I don't know enough about it. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like a SimCity-type scenario where it's like always online. I, I don't think it is. I mean, literally the similarity is the fact that they're just talking about curving stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> you can have curved roads in SimCity now. Ooh, isn't it amazing? <laughs> no. Because no. you still built them in a grid anyway. So, But, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks good. It looks what you really, really nice. want is a War of the Overworld-type experience where they just take yeah. it, modernise it, and don't mess with it. Yeah, and that looks like what it might be, but I'm reserving judgment. Cool. So uh, next up we have a game that I think you put on the list again, Ben. Yeah. Yep. It's one of Sea of Thieves. I have not heard anything about it. So, so this was um, uh, announced at Xbox's big E3 thing last year. 
um, as like one of their new games that's coming out this year. Um, and it's made by Rare, uh, and it's a online multiplayer um, pirate simulation by the looks of it. Um, again, not much known about it at the moment, uh, but it's sort of kind of cartoony. It kind of looks like a cross between Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, and Wind Waker. Uh, you know, <laughs> nice cartoony feeling, you know, roving uh, sea to traverse, uh, but there'll be multiplayer in there as well. So, uh, again, I'm going to reserve judgment until I know more about it, but it is something that I'm optimistic for for the year. Yeah, just looking at some screenshots, it looks fun. I mean, yeah. uh, it's hard to tell from a pile of screenshots, but it does look like a laugh. So uh, They had like a little one-minute video at E3, and it, it, it looks nice. It looked fun, so it, it could be good. So, uh, so, so one more reason to buy a Wii U, one of the, <laughs> one of the core four or five. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure about no? this. No? No? Sure. But surely the Star Fox series. Oh, man. Yeah, but you know how they're doing it on the Wii U. Like, you fly it. You know, motion controlled. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, just give me Lilac Wars. You know, give me they... Nintendo 64 Star Fox. Give me that remastered. That's all I want. <laughs> well, in fact, they did do that. They did that for the DS, the 3DS, and it was just a shit show. <laughs> have you, if you're trying to fly, like, you're not wearing 3D glasses, so you have to sit right in front of the 3DS for the thing to work. <laughs> and then it's got motion controls for flying and shooting. It's like, this is the stupidest idea. <laughs> like, this is absolutely ridiculous and so I have no faith that Star Fox Zero is going to be good um, I hope to be wrong because I loved Lilac Wars Lilac Wars was great or Star Fox 64 as it was called in uh, America but um, again I'm just I'm not sure I'll probably That's a get it shame. but I'm I not hope, sure about it I hope they give you the option to not use the the control uh, the the motion controller is a way of flying around because that's uh yeah but, i imagine they will but it's i, I don't know how similar it's going to be to lilac wars I, I just want a remake of lilac wars in hd that's all i want <laughs> a reimagining the nostalgia goggles God, again. I, I hate re- the word reimagining <laughs> you never know what it means that's the problem it's a it's a like when they word. reimagined wind waker and they removed all the difficulty it's like well, why did you change it <laughs> Just, just make it look nicer. And like Final so, Fantasy VII, they're changing the uh, battle system, I believe. Like, there's a huge tract of it that they're just changing. It's like, oh, don't do that. Just, like, just make it look nice. Just make it pretty, yeah. All that people want is the exact same game in a modern game engine. That's all that anyone wants when it comes to nostalgia stuff. Hey, on Tell that note... Point. On that note, I've just read that apparently um, Dare the Tentacle Remastered is actually going to come with a whole new graphics skin if you as an option, like they did with Monkey Island. I was going to say oh, Monkey that. Island did that, and it was yeah, awesome. yeah. I hadn't realised that, um, so that makes it even more exciting. Although the graphics <laughs> were brilliant at the time, anyway. Yeah, that's kind of cool, though. I assume you're going to switch between the new and the old, which will be awesome. Yeah, I would assume I so. I imagine yeah. it'll be exactly the same as Monkey Island. They're probably building yeah. the same engine. Yes. Because the, the Monkey Island remake was great. Yes, yeah. it was. Really good. And it was great for the reasons that you're describing about Star Fox. It was the exact same thing <laughs> yeah. with a new skin. Like, literally, yeah. you could press a button at any time to switch between seeing mm. it pixely or mm. seeing it modern yeah. with voice acting. Yeah. Or you could yeah. go back and see it with no voice acting and pixely. Yeah. And it's great. Really good. 
So I'm going to do a very short disclaimer before I say this game because it's a, it's a game that Paradox are bringing out this year. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to mention it, put it on the list and say I'm genuinely excited. I, I've hardly played it because it's made by a different team to what I work on. If it's, it's easier, like, I can talk about it because I saw it in my um, uh, copy of Edge I was reading and I was like, this game looks really cool. And then it said Paradox. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can get a beta code from John. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. If, you, if you've heard of it, then that's a... Yeah, I've heard of it. I, I can't remember anything about it, but I was, I was hooked. Like, I, it was literally a paragraph. And I read mm. it and I was like, well, that sounds epic. But I can't remember anything about it. But So the game is called Stellaris. And it's basically... Uh, so it's in the style of the other Paradox games where you, you, know, you kind of manage a nation, but it's in space. So you start off on a... That's right on a planet in a space, a solar system. And then there will be a randomly generated, you know, hundreds of solar systems. Um, but it's it's more about the kind of, to start with, the exploration, and then it turns into more like the nation management. So you have to start putting laws on your, on your people and, you know, just making sure that you can keep them under control while you're also building armies to try and fend off maybe some hostile alien races and making friends with other alien races. So... Uh, I guess it's, you know, like a kind of 4X cross grand strategy game. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I've only, I have obviously played like an hour or two of it, and I think it's pretty cool. And I genuinely mean that. I'm not just uh, not just saying it, but there is the disclaimer that I work for Paradox. So. <laughs> you biased bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, uh, this is something which I also played the beta of uh, a couple of months ago now on the PS4. And this is Street Fighter Five, so it's been quite a while coming, I guess. And I'm every... not coming to Xbox. Uh, I'm not sure if it will be maybe like a year later. Timed exclusive. Um, yeah. So I think maybe it's going to be 2017 that it hits Xbox. I'm, I'm not sure if that's true or not. I just got a feeling that that's the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's another Street Fighter game. <laughs> yeah. Can't beat Street Fighter 2, though, can you? <laughs> I actually quite like Street Fighter 4. I mean, um, it, it's, you know, it's so similar to the original. It's just shiny and, and uh, yeah. 3D that it's actually quite fun. And I, I used to like Street Fighter 2. And then and then I kind of mm, I started finding things like Tekken and thought, ah, oh, but these have got massive move lists. I love them. And now I think I can kind of... I can still enjoy the simplicity of games like Street Fighter, where you've only got three or four special moves and, you know, ten regular moves. But because of that, it means it's quite tight. So you, you, you can you can think you have the whole game in your head. You know all the things they might do. Whereas in something like Tekken, you're playing and then it's like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> um, which is which is also fun in its own way. But it's it's kind of nice when you're playing against someone kind of seriously to know these are the four things he might do next. So I need to be aware of that and then and then sort of be able to counter them. I think it's a different experience, but it's quite cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Street Fighter Four, but even shinier. Um, they've changed a few of the. Dawson's got a beard. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only Fighter. input I've got. I, I'm not very good at the Street Fighter games. Um, I did have Street Fighter Four briefly. I bought it um, secondhand when I was waiting for Injustice: Gods Among Us to come out because I wanted to play that, and I'm, I'm rubbish at beat-em-ups. So I bought Street Fighter 4 to practice, and I was so bad at it that I got rid of it. <laughs> Last time I played a beat-em-up was in an arcade in Brighton in the early 90s. Do you not play Smash Brothers? Street Fighter 2. Oh, well, I don't count Smash Brothers, but I suppose yeah, you're right, Smash Brothers. <laughs> Smash is Brothers it... is a bit different, though, because it's more... It, well, I suppose it's not really, is it? It's still a beat-em-up. <laughs> It's, we have uh, debates at work as to whether it's a true beat-em-up. So uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. 
because it's not your traditional one v one in a enclosed space. It's quite open environment, and you've got power ups and. We're we're showing our age. You realise they're not called beat 'em ups anymore. Are they? They're called fighters. 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 Yeah. So we're, we're, showing, we're showing the true nineties, well, eighties really, age. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, I think this is one of yours, Chris, isn't it? Right up next is Thimbleweed Park. Yeah, Thimbleweed Park. I don't know a huge about it about it actually, um, but it's one that's on my radar uh, simply because it's um, it's being made by Ron Gilbert, um, who is the basically the guy behind. Most of the original LucasArts games. Oh, uh, and the head of Scientology. He, no. <laughs> That's from um, he is basically because LucasArts studio was shut down in the um, buyout from Disney of Lucasfilm. And um, uh, so, but they've all gone their separate ways. Ron Gilbert, I'm not sure if he actually even still worked for LucasArts at the time because they haven't really done any. Um, any adventure games for a while, but he is making a game. I think it might be crowdfunded. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, he's making a game in the vein of the original. It looks like, to be honest, the graphics look like the original Maniac Mansion with the with the Monkey Island Two user interface. Um, so it's mm. proper old school. Uh, the lovely thing about it is that he is keeping a blog on uh, blog.thimbleweedpark.com. Uh, where he basically, every time they add new features to the game, he tells you all about how they're doing it and what they've done. Um, and so you can follow the development along. And I think it's going to be one for one for nostalgia purposes. Um, but, you know, it, it could also be quite good. It looks like it's coming out in July. Um, not sure on the uh, on, on what the platforms it's going to be on. I would assume PC and Mac. Um, not sure whether it will come to the consoles. Uh, I don't know how well these games translate to consoles. To be honest, I haven't, I haven't played any of them on console. They tend to be pretty good. I mean, it's yeah. you know much the same. You just move yeah. the cursor with the thumbstick. The thumbstick, yeah, yeah. Doesn't make yeah. much difference really. As there's no pressure to do things quick, it's, it's kind of fine, isn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool, we've got two games left, and one of them is one that I'm incredibly excited for. So uh, a few years ago, when they they re-released. Uh, I'm going to say reimagined again, I guess. A word that Ben loves. But uh, yeah. they, they reimagined XCOM. Uh, and that was that was a pretty good incarnation of XCOM. It lost a, lost a couple of things in the original, you know, the grumpy old man thing. But overall, I thought it was really good. And XCOM 2 is coming out a month. And I think I might actually go and pre-order it in, uh, in about 20 minutes. Because I <laughs> just talking about it again makes me rem- remember how much I want to play this game. So um, it's going to take place... A significant amount of time after the first XCOM game. I say the first, you know, the the, the new XCOM game. Uh, and it assumes that you lost. So it assumes that there are now a bunch of aliens in very good positions around the world. And you kind of play a part of a rebellious faction who are... I mean, the, the slightly weird thing is you're, like, living in a, a floating airship around the world. So I think you can move your base around and you build your base in this airship. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it's going to be... A lot of missions where you have to hunt down alien tech and destroy particular, you know, political figures and things in the alien community. But you're you're kind of the bad guys almost because the aliens have taken over and people have accepted it now, and you've got to try and get Earth back and restore it to humanity's ownership. But nice, 
I mean, I just love the kind of tactical combat that comes with the next con game. And this just seems to ramp everything up from the first one up to 11. So, you know, you can now customize your characters with hundreds of different colors and outfits. So you can kind of get a bit more personality in them. Uh, it looks gorgeous. And there's loads of kind of cool things you'll see, like, because obviously you're playing these rebels and you're kind of outlaws. And you start going through some of the levels, which will be, I think, a bit more randomized now. So no longer will you be like, oh, it's this map. I know the layout already. You'll go, ah, oh, it's this sort of map, but there'll be things in it that are randomized. Um, but you might see your face. So there'll be like a screen on the wall. And because you're like a top, you know, top 10 wanted criminals, you're, you're one of your characters' faces will be on the wall. <laughs> Uh, like look out for this guy he's dangerous and stuff which i think is a nice. really nice little touches like that which makes it look really cool excellent that sounds good i never played the uh the last XCOM actually um i wanted to it i don't remember it getting great reviews but actually uh, people appeared to love it hmm. so i think it was pretty well received i mean i think it was not like amazing amazing reviews but we're talking seven or eight out of ten reviews so yeah right maybe i'm Maybe I'm wrong. But unfortunately, this one's coming out, at least for the moment, only on PC. So, Right. Whereas the last ones were... The last one was on all the consoles. Well, apart from the Wii U, but who owns one of those? <laughs> uh, yes, it was. I don't know if it originally came out on all of them, though, or if it started out as a PC game and then... Yeah, no, I'm right. not sure. Yeah, yeah, no, XCOM got 8.2 on IGN. So I must have made that up. But yeah, that's it's going to be awesome. I'm going to pre-order it and I'm going to play it, and then a month's time, I'm going to tell you how awesome it is. Yeah, I better not get burned. This better not be a Watchdogs moment. Oh, it's possibly the, the one of the two or three games I'm really looking forward to this year. So, do not Watchdog me. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so one more game on the list, and it is Ukulele. Never heard of it. Now this is a, a Kickstarter one. Uh, it, it's basically rare. Um, because it's all the people that worked at Rare, you know, when they made Donkey Kong 64, uh, mm. Banjo-Kazooie, all of those games. Um, and so they've set up a new company and they kickstarted to great success. I kickstarted it um, and I don't kickstart anything because I think people should work for their money. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm an old-fashioned person. If you've got an idea and you want to make something, pay for it your bloody self. But uh, I did give them some money because I really, really want this game. Uh, so it's it's basically Banjo Kazooie, but instead of a bear and a bird, you've got a chameleon and a bat. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all there is to say about it, really. It's, uh, no, I'm wrong. I have heard of this. I yep. have heard of this. Brilliant. The nice thing is that uh, they've even got like the composer from like the Banjo Kazooie games. He's doing the music for it. So in like the intro video to the Kickstarter thing, they had like the music and like just hearing it, you're like, God, this sounds like Banjo Kazooie. This is going to be great. Um, so. Yeah, it's just again uh, a, a modern version of of that. Really, it'll be exactly the same. Cool. I have no doubt that it will be amazing. It is a pretty interesting time at the moment with all these old game designers coming back out and going, "Hey, you know what? We can make a game just like that, but with we, slightly different characters." <laughs> now that all of the copyright has uh, lapsed on these things that we worked on in the eighties, <laughs> perhaps we can uh, get a Kickstarter and then just rebuild them, but with a different name. Yeah, a different name and a slightly different looking main character, yeah. but the same game. Very gently skirt copyright law. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings our awesome list of games to an end. So uh, if you've enjoyed listening to this show, then uh, we would love it if you head over to iTunes and leave us a review. So uh, obviously just tick the little five star and tell us why you love the show. Uh, very, that's uh, very quickly before we finish, do we want to choose the game we're most excited for this year? 
Don't yeah. have to say anything about it. Just that's a good idea. Just a one-word choice yeah. of what your favourite game on that list is. So, Ben, what game are you most excited for? I'm going to choose Zelda. Cool. Legend of Zelda for the Wii U. Oh, Chris? I'm not sure whether it's Day of the Tentacle or Mass Effect. Probably Mass Effect, because I've played Day of the Tentacle before. Hmm. Mass but Effect. Second, but closely it. followed by, by Tentacle. While I am pretty excited for Mass Effect, I think I'm going to go with XCOM 2. Maybe it's because it's the, the one coming up, but it's going to be awesome. And one thing we didn't mention is we might be seeing a new console this year as well. In really? The, the Wii U successor. That's <laughs> supposed to be coming this year. Uh, that is very true. The oh, Nintendo yeah, that'll be great, won't it? I'm worried because I have a feeling that it's going to launch with Zelda, and Zelda will be available on both, and it'll be better on the new one, so I'll buy the new one. <laughs> Just to play Zelda. That's, that's my real fear. That's well, how to get you, Ben. Yep. Unlike with the original Wii that has no resale value because everyone in the world owns one, nobody bought the Wii U, so you could resell it for probably what you paid for it. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Potentially. <laughs> awesome. So that's a pretty exciting year coming up, and I'm looking forward to a lot of those games. So go out and buy them. But no, so yeah, like we were saying, if... Uh, if you enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and just leave us a little review. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, you can check out some more of our podcast episodes on the website, www.thedivide.co.uk, or check out our Twitter feed at Podcast Divide. So the next show will be on the 27th of Jan, I guess, around the end of the month. Yep. And uh, it's been really great talking to you. So goodbye. Yes. Word. That was fucking long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hour and a half. So, uh, Mass Effect 4, on, you can pre-order it on Amazon. You can pre-order